0: All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of A Mile in My Shoes. Today we are walking with someone who has taught self-contained special education classes for 22 years. This individual is passionate about social justice, has um, been a member or is a member of their district's political engagement team, the Black Alliance and is a council rep for the union. This individual is also the director of his school's Unifound Diversity Club. Uh, He's a restorative justice trainer. And the 2019 Arkansas, not Arkansas, I'm not Arkansas, the 2019 Arizona Teacher of the Year. Can you tell the people who we are speaking with, what is your name?
1: Hi, my name is Kareem Neal.
0: Hey, Kareem, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having
1: me. Uh-huh. I'm glad to be the Arkansas slash Arizona to here.
0: I know. See, that's what happens when you make me get up real early out <laughs> here on these streets. My mind ain't right. Y'all don't I understand. You. So I, I I contacted Kareem and I was like, Hey, can you do a walk and talk with me? And he was like, Yeah, sure, I'll do it. Then he's like, you know, this uh, Arizona heat ain't no joke. So uh, you, are you willing to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning to uh, <laughs> to do this walk and talk? Because I'm going to fall out and die if you don't do it super early. I said, oh, okay, well, you know, because I, I really want you on there, I'll do anything. So so here I am. I'm the only person. My neighbors are probably mad because I'm sure I'm talking loud. And I know they're, they're probably like, why is this woman?'" All Kareen's
1: <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm not the only one out because anybody who exercises in Arizona they have to do it between five o'clock and seven o'clock in the morning, so we out here. <laughs>
0: okay, all right, all right. Um, but you are such an active and inspiring individual. Can you tell us a little bit before we get into everything? Oh, let me mention this to you. So I, I really am out here walking these streets. My neighborhood mm-hmm. has heels and inclines, so uh just deal with all my my breathing hard and all that other good stuff (laughs) (laughs) anyway so you are super active and you're such an inspiration to me personally I'm really curious about how did you find your voice and learn how to merge specifically your activism and your passions with your profession
1: uh, well, I would say that I found my voice actually because of the, uh, the social justice club that I run in my school. So, when I, um, I, so I, when I started teaching, I started in New Jersey. I taught a couple of years in New Jersey at a school for children with autism. Then I moved to Arizona and I immediately took a job just like that, another school for children with autism because I felt comfortable. But um, about uh, exactly 13 years ago, um, I moved into a regular school in a regular school district. And it was the first time that I was ever at a school that didn't count as a special school. And so okay. it had, you know, it had everybody there. It had typical high school of 3000 kids is massive. And when I got there, I was just like, well, uh, I'm just going to stay in my little lane, my little self-contained special education classroom, because those are my people, you know? And one week, I was actually working one weekend and um, I was here yeah, because I was first year teacher there. I was getting my stuff together. And the, at the time the social justice club they were there that weekend having like this little mini camp and I walked by and the teacher was like you just check this out and so I went and they were doing all these activities activities on racism ableism sexism whatever you name right and I was just like fascinated by it I was caught up there and I was like how do I be a part of this and so I dove in and now I now I run the club and we go away for five days every year um, to like a camp and it's really cool, but um, in that, I realized that I could, because I always, like you know, I grew, I grew up, I'm a black person, so I grew up a black person in an all-black neighborhood, and I was always really interested in fighting for racial justice, right? It was really easy for me. And then I started teaching special education, and of course I was I was like, okay, now i got to fight for people who have disabilities, right? i um, fighting against ableism. And so when I did the social justice club, it kind of opened me up into like this whole intersectionality of it all, and I, figured, I was like, I gotta find a way to really speak for everybody, right? Yeah. And, and start doing that, and that's when I jumped into kind of doing the restorative justice work, and I'm um, talking. I talk a lot about implicit bias and things like that, and that that's when I got out there. I was just like, I gotta find a way, because I was I I thought to myself, oh, I do a good job you know, with black causes. I'm always out there going to seminar, doing whatever, right. Speaking when I can. And then same when I, you know, with special education. And I was like, I got it. I was like, it needs to be broader than that. And I need a broader audience. So I just, when I did the um, restorative thing, I started doing it with my whole school district. Right. And then other districts caught on and they started having me around. And I think that's part of how I became the Arizona teacher of the year. It was like, I, I kind of built up this little rep in Arizona for that's, you know being out there speaking for everybody speaking that's, for That
0: that's cool. So I'm sitting here smiling because you said so many things that that just made other things about me what I know about you and and mm-hmm. my fondness for you everything just started clicking. You mentioned Unitown. That mm-hmm. was I used to be the the Unitown sponsor at my school and yeah a lot of a lot of who you are and the things that you say make so much more sense because I, yeah. I really hadn't I really hadn't ever outside of my circle type of thing ran into anyone else who kind of spoke almost exactly my same language and mm-hmm. and was familiar with a lot of the things that I was talking about and I know I mean you know not that I'm the only one but yeah. <laughs> but but it makes so much sense and I was gonna say, the very first time I took uh, the privilege walk was mm-hmm. my, my first year as the, the Unitown sponsor. So we're out here at this camp, you know, where we try to go out to city and all of that stuff. So we're out here, and Kareem, I was the very last last person, you know, at the very back of the line. And Same. it was so... <laughs> It was so. It was. It was such a weird feeling mm-hmm. because I remember when I made it back home. Because I don't know how you guys did your Unitown camp and everything, but mm-hmm. we can't have any devices or any of that type of stuff. Yeah, so when, when I made it, when I made it back home, I, I called my mom. <laughs> I was like, Mama, mm-hmm. I guess you were telling the truth. We really were poor, you know."
1: Like- <laughs> <laughs> you weren't lying. We was broke I, like that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Really, you know, I, I she had told me all of this stuff all my life, but I never felt uh, yeah. I never felt it like I felt it that day mm-hmm. at Unitown with my students, who yeah. uh, all of them had more privilege because I tried to answer it, you know, as I was as a high schooler. Uh, who had more privilege than I did, and it was just a real eye-opener for me, and mm-hmm. Un- Unitown has kind of helped me shape my philosophy, and, and and it definitely has created a lot of lessons that I've done in my classroom. But uh, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about before we get on the other half of the interview with the all-night interview and Talk, uh,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: Just to let you know, I'm halfway into my mouth already over here. Yeah, same. Same, I'm moving. Um, I'm a little
1: little out of breath for giving these answers. (laughs) I
0: I know, I know. So you didn't mention this, or I didn't mention this in your bio, but I saw, I guess, a year or two ago, a couple years ago, or, or something where you were honored by a university. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about?
1: Are you talking about um, NAU, Northern Arizona University? They gave me an honorary doctorate? That's what I am
0: talking about. What's <laughs> up with that? Like, what? Tell and us so, about
1: that. That is a, it's a really wild thing because I was just like, you know, like celebrities get those, right? You know, I was like, oh, yeah, I know a couple of celebrities that I've heard of that got honorary. You know, Barack Obama got an honorary doctorate. <laughs> and so um, it was really amazing in that, well how I had to accept it first of all so it was like you know they're like you know for your work in education in Arizona we want to honor you you know we want to we want you to come down it's about two hours from Phoenix I live in Phoenix they're like we want you to come down land setting you up in a hotel you know all the things right um, and then they're like so you know you just come to the ceremony I was like cool 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 you know we put the thing on and you give a little speech I was like, okay, you know, I give speeches. I've been giving speeches all year, you know, it was it was during my teacher of <laughs> the year year. And I got up there so they, they go to pit the ding on me and all that stuff. It was really cool. And I I stand up at the podium and I look out and there's about twenty thousand people, Spacey. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Whoa, I haven't given a speech <laughs> I can't lie. I looked out and I'm on a jumbotron, right? So <laughs> I'm sitting there looking back at myself, and the words are coming back to me. So when I say something I'm like "hi," and it's like "hi," and I'm like, "Woo, this is gonna be rough." <laughs> I look around, thousands of people. You know what I mean? Like, entertain me. <laughs> but I start going, and I and I and I I lean on a, a story of a student when I first started teaching, and it, and it kind of went really well and stuff like that. But it was really quite an experience to speak to like a stadium full of people and um you know I and it was just a five-minute thing I got my honorary doctor; it was like the best day ever like I, yeah. I actually have it hanging in my classroom I have all my stuff hanging in my classroom because my classroom is kind of like my my home away from home you know what yeah. I mean and uh yeah so it says doctor of letters and that that's what an uh, honorary doctor it is and, uh, yeah, so I, <laughs> I was like, so people were like, do I have to call you doctor now? I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm a doctor like Dr. J or something, you know?
0: <laughs> no, yeah, we should be calling you doc. I don't know if you have that plan. I was,
1: <laughs> I was like, like, y'all I can told- call me the Funk Dr. Doc." <laughs> like Man. <laughs> <Brandon. laughs>
0: I, I, I told y'all he was such an inspiration. All right, the, <laughs> la- the, last, the last other thing that I want to talk about is mm-hmm. all right, so so this brother has received an honorary degree. He does all of his work in the community. I also know he didn't put this in his bio either. Um tell us about repelling from a freaking building. <laughs> Ooh.
1: I could so I could tell you several things about that. First thing is I won't repel off a building again.
0: First <laughs> I'm gonna
1: lay it out right now. So <laughs> I messed around. It was actually um It was, it was, well, I did the rappel and it was like this winter. So in winter in Arizona, it's still 70 degrees outside, but um, it was, it was like this winter. It was like, I think November or something like that. And um, what happened was same kind of deal. It was like, I won Arizona teacher of the year and, you know, in Arizona, you know, most education folks kind of, you know, they start to know me and stuff. Oh, that dude's everywhere. And so the rappel was for the special Olympics. So it was like, we can raise money for the special Olympics. Who would be a better person to get to do it than Kareem? And <laughs> so they, so they called me and was like, "Okay, you know, we're doing this team. this lady called, and she I, right now her her name is escaping me, but she um was actually a top ten person from the year prior, so 2018 okay. top ten in Arizona, right? So she contacted me. She was like, "Oh, it'd be so cool if you did it, because you know, it's also a fundraising thing." It was like, you know, you, you pump your stuff out there. You have this big social media presence. Raise so much money for the special lenders And she had me help. I was like, well, you know, I got to do it. <laughs> and the whole time I was like, but I don't, I don't think you need me to jump off the building, right?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I actually said it to her. I was like, I'm afraid of heights. So can I just do the fundraising part? She was like, well, the team is going to be called Team Kareem. So you kind of got to, you kind of got to rappel down the building. And I was like, not like, I'm really afraid of heights. Like, this is not like a joke. Like, Oh, everybody's afraid. of heights. I'm like, <laughs> really. <afraid. laughs> she, meanwhile, she's like, you're the tallest person I know. How are you afraid? Of, Cause you know, I'm six, yeah. seven. Yes. And so, yes. so anyway, boom, raised the money. And that part went amazing. Like we raised a ton of cash and it was in part because I, you know, I know a lot of people because of my social media, because I won teacher of the year and all that. And so. Yeah, so day comes, and <laughs> I think you saw my picture on top of the building backwards. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, so you when you repel off the building, you essentially got to lay back off the building. <laughs> so I'm sitting at the edge, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm holding on. The thing is on me. And they're like, okay, just let go. And I'm like, please. <laughs> I was like, cuz, I'm not letting go. <laughs> he was like, you're going to have to. <laughs> he was like, you just got to lay back. You got to trust it. <laughs> I don't know you. So anyway, went down the building and and I, and I really am afraid of heights. So I actually didn't look down until I got, I was getting close and I heard. So they have like a, they had a news camera down and he was like announcing it, you know. And when I heard them on the ground, like kind of yelling and all that, I finally took my first look back. So when I did it, I actually, I I would take my rappel. You kind of leap backwards, leap backwards and go down and go down. And I just kind of stared at the building in front of me, right? So, and that, the only problem with that is some of them are, are kind of mirrored windows, and then I would see behind me. I was like, oh, it's so hot. <laughs> so it's the <laughs> highest. It was the highest building in Phoenix, downtown Phoenix. And um, and it took me about fifteen minutes. It was rough, though. I, I, like I said, I wouldn't do it again. I, I, I want to help them raise money and all that, but I truly am afraid of heights. <laughs> <though>. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like I got one in me. <laughs> wow.
0: All right, well we are almost at the end of our our mile. Everybody say Aw. Oh oh <laughs> I do want, as you were talking, I thought of so many, um, so many life lessons and everything that you just said. Everything from mm-hmm. being finding inspiration from your students for your advocacy mm-hmm. to uh, facing your fears, going backwards. Uh, having razor-sharp sharp focus so that you can get ahead and all of that. Mm-hmm. What piece of advice would you give um, an educator to help them press through and, and make it in the education world for the 20, at least the 22 years that you've been in education?
1: Definitely my, my piece of advice I give everybody right now is is try your best to build a classroom and a school community. So like my classroom feels like my home away from home. I think I mentioned that when I was like, you know, I hung my thing there. Like it truly, I have, I have four paraprofessionals in my classroom. I have 15 students and every single one of us talk all the time. Like we still, you know, we were doing virtual learning. We still meet once a week. Um, you know, and all of them paraprofessionals, students, all of us, um, throughout the summer because our, our school's been we've been out of school now for I think six weeks or whatever our school year in uh, middle of May and so I would say build a classroom community don't focus I think a lot of people go into education they say, okay I, I you know I know how to instruct that I, I love the content I love the thought of really giving students something you know having them learn from me having them become better citizens because of me and all that right so they focus in they're ready to teach their lessons and they really focus on like Um, okay, management of my classroom. I really got to manage my classroom. Make sure all that's good. And for me, I started the same way. I was like, I got out there. I was like, oh, I got to make sure these behaviors are in check, et cetera, et cetera. Um, You know, I got my lessons down pat, whatever. But not until I start viewing it as I got to build this stronger classroom community, right? Uh Because when we do that, when we feel like a family, it becomes way more difficult for any of us to want to harm it, right? For for me to want to roll in angry one day because i didn't sleep well and take it out on someone for you know the powers in my classroom to show up late every day because you know they got you know some extra stuff to do at home for my students to mistreat their peers right because we feel more like a family and then even when someone does it's 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 easy for us to say all right we got to repair this right and that's where I, i do a lot of the restorative work like restorative justice is more of a you, you build these super strong relationships and then make sure if something happens you have restorative conversations to to, to repair them as opposed to mm-hmm. the punitive nature of, of typical discipline, right? So yeah. So when yeah, so when I started looking at it like that and then trying to make our class now a bigger part of the school community and help our school become a bigger community, everything just fit. It all everything becomes so much easier. Teaching became so much easier and the, the lesson I think I learned last was figuring out a way to have the parents become part of this school community, right? right. that's like the last layer. It's like once my students, the parents of my students, my staff and I, once we were this big family, everything just clicks well. Meetings that we have to have. You went back to school night, half as the parents like, we just stopped and then say what's up and give you a hug. We already know everything is going on. Here. Right. Right. And right. so that is kind of my advice, like build a community. Do not just yep. build a typical classroom. Mm-hmm.
0: Y'all, y'all listen to what he said. This is how he get our Kansans to get up before the sun comes up.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, so is build yes. it is true. Building relationships.
0: All about the relationships. It is true. So my my final question for you is: Can you share a specific resource or tool that you think would help the listeners? to either learn a little bit more about relationship building or restorative justice or any, it doesn't even have to be those two, um, just some resource or tool that you think would help teachers I in do.
1: general. Yes. So I, b- before I give my research, I want to say quickly, if you want, you can email me KareemNeal7 at Gmail and, and I'll give you all the restorative justice resources that you might need. Right, but great. my tool is actually classdojo.com. And if anybody, some people probably have used it before, some may not have, but it is like the best tool to kind of building that family type atmosphere because of what it does with your relationship with parents. So I I teach in a school district, it's about 91% um, Latinx, right? And so language barriers prevented me early on from building strong relationships. And that happens everywhere. Um, And so what... What that what class dojo does is it automatically um, it automatic like they can type in their language if their their first language is not English. I type in English, that's my first language, and the messages come to the person in their native language, right?
0: And that's okay. that one. And the
1: second thing it does is you share videos, I share work on there. When we go on filters, we share our pictures on there. Students have accounts, parents have accounts, that goes straight to their cell phones and and, and for me, during this whole virtual learning period, it was like you know, in the beginning of it, and I, and I think a lot of people will be virtual learning in the fall, one of your big things was how do you contact all the people in your class? Okay. Well, for me, that was simple. It was like, I went on Class Dojo and got 13 of the 15 kids in my class the first day. And, it was like, right. goes- and I left them a video on there. And I was like, leave me a video. And all these kids put the videos on, parents put the videos on. So it's this really great communication tool. It also works as a token economy. It also works, it it does lessons on social emotional there. So it's this really cool free tool that will help you build your classroom community.
0: I love it. I love it. All right, well, we are are done. We are done. But before I, 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 I log off and all of that, can you leave us with some parting words? Perhaps you have the, the you have the chorus or part of your favorite song playing in your head, or you know a snippet of a poem or a quote that speaks Yes,
1: Yeah, to I I do have one. I got one. Okay. Um, I just I can start. So it's a rap song. It's KRS one. Can I? Hey, whenever you're okay. ready. Are you ready? Yeah, it's all you. All right. Well, this is not the first time I came to the planet. But every time I come, only a few can understand it. I came as Isis. My word, they tried to ban it. I came as Jesus. I came as Moses. They couldn't follow my commandments. I came as Solomon to a people who was lost. I came as Jesus, and they nailed me to a cross. I came as Harriet Tubman. I brought the truth to Sojourner. Other times, I had to come as Matt Turner. They tried to lynch me, rape me, and starve me. So I had to come back as Marcus Garvey and Bob Marley. They tried to harm me. I had to be Malcolm X. Now I'm on the planet as the one called KRS. Kicking them at a metaphysical, spiritual. Can I like get with you? Showing you, you are invincible. The Black Panther <laughs> is the Black answer for real. In my physical form, I come back as Bobby Seale.
0: What? what do you know about KRS? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Y'all, oh my gosh, okay. Thank you so very much for making me get up this early to walk this mile in your shoes. It has been an unbelievable experience. My heart is full. I'm smiling. I'm happy. I cannot think of a better way to start my day. So thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: Thank you. This is super awesome. You got me up All right.
0: (laughs) All right, well, you have a wonderful rest of your day. And don't forget to take that selfie for me.
1: Oh, okay. I'll take it right now. Okay. All
0: right. Okay. All right. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. (laughs) Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.